0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever applies for you. And I'm so thankful to be given the opportunity to speak today. Um, They asked me to talk about the gifts of the program that I received. And as I was thinking about it, there were so many that I don't know if I can fit them all in 30 minutes. (laughs) So um, just a little backstory of myself. Um, I've always been heavy my whole life. Um, I, my highest weight was 390 pounds. Um, I worked in a restaurant chain and, and as I grew in the restaurant chain and positions, I my body grew as well because I was going to eat every penny I was worth. And I really took advantage of all the free food. And um, on the outside, I always looked um, happy. I was a corporate trainer. I, I was an international business consultant for the company. I always had to be on, the, on my top game. Um, Luckily I worked for a restaurant chain. I'm not really sure how many other businesses would let someone be over 350 pounds for most of their career. Um, I I don't think physically I was a good representation to them but I did a great job for them. And uh, and I was so um, obsessed with food. My obsession with food was extreme from the time I can remember as a child. And my ex- obsession with self was just as equal to that. <clears throat> Although, I, if you asked myself, I would have said I'm not, I'm not selfish at all. I'm very selfless. I give to everyone. I, but as I went through the program, I kind of discovered one of the first gifts was awareness that I was um, totally self-obsessed in myself. All the things that I did work for others always had an agenda behind it, some kind of protection or living out of fear. So I want to share with you like the three areas where I had the most um, success and received the biggest gifts. And we all need these three um, areas to be equal in our program to have a strong foundation. So one is physical, one is spiritual, and one is emotional. And I just had such tremendous growth in all of those areas because of the program and the people in the program that helped to teach me um, these things. So physically, um, I'm down 190 pounds. Um, I lost about 170 pounds within about a year and a half period, about five years into the program. I had lots of starts and stops, couldn't give up, uh, give, give away food. And then I finally, you know, hit my stride and, um, lost 170. And then I, I sat there for 10 years. And, um, I was like happy. I was like, you know, the lower two hundreds and I wasn't the biggest person in the room anymore. And I wasn't snapping off booth tables or cracking toilet seats or, you know, getting stuck, you know, in the airline seats and all of these other things that were confining me before. And, and I was also had told myself, I don't want to get into the diet mentality, which in itself was another, uh another negative message I told myself, you know, because I'd never been thin. I could never visualize myself ever reaching a normal body weight because I'd never been there my whole entire life. So I, um, but recently, um, in August by hearing another, one of my sponsees mentioned that she was going swimming, I decided to go swimming and, I enrolled at the YMCA and I have been swimming five days a week since then. And it has been like life changing for me emotionally, um, uh, uh, physically. I mean, it's just been incredible. Um, So along with these physical gifts, I lost the 190 pounds. And I really can see that this year I'm going to be hitting my normal weight. I just know it. It's not like if it's when it's just, I can still, I can visualize it. So, and that was something I couldn't visualize before. Um, My, my pre-diabetes went away. My sleep apnea went away. My aches and pains that I used to have all went away. So physically it has been, you know, that's been a huge gift of the program. And to most people, they would often think that that was the whole gift, but I really found that um, my spiritual and emotional gifts were even far out exceeding um, the weight because my weight, I thought my weight was the problem, but it was not the problem. My weight's the symptom of the problem. And the problem that I had was that I did not adjust well to life. I lived in, in my life. You know, like this large part of this recovery started at age 49. Um, My, for that whole time in my life, I went through my life as a victim Um, and I played the role really well, (laughs) you know, and, and um, it was like working through the steps. I found that, um, that I didn't need to play that role anymore, that it was a role that was, that I had used at one time that protected me but it no longer served me. And I had hid behind that with with fear for, you know, 40 years. Um, And what was um, great about it is that as I worked the steps, you know, particularly when I got to step four and five, the biggest gifts I got from there is that the realization that I had been being a victim. Yes, I was victimized, but that was in my childhood mostly. And now here I am at 49 years old or, you know, and it's like the pe- the people that were involved in that are no longer even alive. They're not even here, but I have kept them alive for, fi- you know, 40 years. And um, so I was able to kind of finally see that If I'm in that state now, it's only because I have allowed myself to to think that's my label, that I'm a victim. You know, Uh, on the physical part, my used to be the label is I'm the fat girl. And now I I don't label myself the fat girl. Now my label is that I'm athletic because that's how I was when I was young. I was athletic. And now I've gotten back to that athletic state as well. So the miracle here, one of the biggest gifts was, you know, for all these decades, I had, um, you know, had this tremendous anger and hurt toward my father. And I thought I could never forgive him. And through the program, I've been able to forgive him and let go of all of that. And it just like dropped once that part dropped it was like everything else seemed to open up. And to me, that was a miracle because I had held these negative stories alive and these negative things that I heard or did happened um, over my whole life. It's just amazing. Um, And I was able to accept how much of the things that happened in my life were my responsibility and my own creation. And a lot of these things are just... um, You know, I found more shortcomings living in fear and being like driven by fear constantly In everything I did, I was always afraid of getting fired, I was always afraid of uh, losing this or that there was such scarcity, I always felt such scarcity, that I I just like, I overate, I to have more, I shop to have more, everything was like, I need more, I need more, I need to fill this hole that I'm missing. And I, and I finally figured out during program that the hole that I was missing was the feeling of love and worthiness. So as I went through my life, I spent so much energy um, trying to prove that I was worthy, I would do so many you know, straight-A student, valedictorian, six-figure income, became a millionaire a couple times, all of these things that you would think would bring happiness. And to me, I thought they'll bring happiness because then my father and my mother will love me, you know, because I never felt like they provided enough of that for me. And you know what? They didn't even care or notice, you know, And, and each time I would hit one of those significant achievements, it would always be like, yeah, but you're 320 pounds or yeah, you're 218 pounds today. Those, my weight always overshadowed any one of those successes. And through working the program, I was given the gift of finding worthiness in myself to be here, to be a participant in my life, to be a participant in the world, and I've really gotten to the point where I don't have to prove myself to anyone, you know, step nine drew, kind of drove that home to me too. You know, it's like, we have to, you know, apologize for things that we did and it doesn't matter how they respond. You know, I really learned that it doesn't care what other people think. All that matters is my happiness, as long as it's not at the expense of someone else. That's 10 minutes, Celeste. Thank you so much. So um, emotionally, you know, as I went through the seventh and eighth steps and shortcomings, I really saw that my shortcomings are all on a spectrum. At one side, they're, you know, they could be one side too extreme, the other side too extreme. And I had to find the middle of the road. And my mentality during most of my life was all or nothing. It had to be all a fantastic diet, all a fantastic exercise program, all fantastic work performance. I didn't allow myself very much room to be in the gray area. And I started noticing, you know, that my life is it, I can't keep myself at those high levels. That's why I kept having such extreme highs and extreme lows. I wasn't manic depressive but I kind of almost created that environment for myself and how hard I pushed myself and then I would get so exhausted from over commitments and overwork and and trying to reach unattainable goals that then I would just like tell with I can't do it and fall down to the bottom and have to you know go go to the doctor and get brought back up or something like that And so the program helped me learn to just mellow out and level things out. It taught me how to live with life as today is. And all that came through working the steps and working with the sponsor and having sponsees as well. And I found that I had set such crazy expectations for myself that, you know, that my life, my house had to look like Martha Stewart lived in it well, come on, Martha Stewart has probably 25 people staging her house before I even get to see it. Right. And that's how my life would be. It was like, I'd have to, you know, I'd want it to be so perfect. And then, you know, but in normal days, it was not perfect. It was far from perfect. And, um, You know, I, you know, part of my thing as a child, and I kind of got off track here a little bit, but, you know, as when I was a child, I I gained a lot of weight to protect myself. And I, and that, I kept that weight on my whole life as a protection. And then I, I shocked to death, you know, like till my house got so full, it looked like a hoarder lived in it. And both of these activities, these excessive activities to get, surround myself not thinking I'm filling myself with love, I'm filling that hole of love, what I was doing was creating a giant wall so people couldn't even get near me. You know, I can't give you a ride in the car because my car is too stacked full of stuff. I can't have you at my house because my house is a complete disaster. And if you did get a rare opportunity once a year when people would get to come, it was usually a two week, uh, two week, Ordeal, hiding everything away, and then making everything look perfect, and and everyone would come in and say, "Oh my gosh, this is absolutely fabulous," and uh, but don't don't open the door to the closet or go into my office, <laughs> you know, and that's how my whole life was—this giant facade of happy, happy on the outside and miserable and crying, and you know, even getting to the point of being suicidal on the inside. Um. And so, you know, I finally realized one day, I was like, why am I holding myself to these high standards? Can't I play in the middle of the road? Can't I be in the middle of the pack, like they say at OA? And I kind of looked at things and there were areas like with my house, like having to be like Martha Stewart. I look back at my life, even as a child, it wasn't like that. I would get in trouble for my messy room when I was a child. So, I finally said, Why do I need to hold myself to that high standard? What, what's the level that's comfortable for me? And I started living at that comfortable level. You know, um, what, what are the secrets that I'm holding inside myself that are causing me to overeat? So, I started breaking down and, and trying to fix the things that I kept secret from people and things, you know, revealing shame, things that made me feel shameful or guilty. And as I started healing those parts, the weight started coming off because I didn't have to run to the food to fill whatever that hole was, you know? Um, I started having to place boundaries with people, first with myself, that I'm not gonna overcommit. That if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, you know, because for, for us, the one thing it, that what I saw for myself was every time I'd make a commitment to something and then I wouldn't do it. I started doubting myself. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to lose weight this time. Yeah, right. You said that 50,000 times. Or, yeah, I'm going to go walk today. Yeah, right. You said that 50,000 times. But depending on my mood today, maybe I will or maybe I won't you know, and, um, and that, that kind of um, loss of faith in ourselves is what can keep us on the slippery slope downward, uh, you know, um, to, to down to the dungeon for our whole lifetime. And that's like when I, in August, you know, I just said, I'm going swimming every single day. And the first week it didn't look very good. In fact, I got my bathing suit on. I didn't want anyone to see me, but I got in the pool anyway and I tried to swim. I hadn't swim in 35 years. I was a splash and flopping. I was a disaster, but I told myself this week, all I wanna do is get across the pool a couple times and next week I'm gonna buy some flippers. And then after a month, I finally put my face in the water and hadn't been in the water yet. And each one of these little steps kept building. And that's what I learned in my program is everything is built on a change in habit. No, they all are inconvenient. All of these are gifts. These changes in habits are gifts that I've been given. And some of them I didn't take right away, I refused them. Some of them I did take, and some of them were inconvenient when I started. But after I kept with it for any amount of time, even a week, I found that they became really easy to follow. And, you know, now I'm swimming 40 laps in an hour. You know, I never would have thought I'd be able to do that. You know, yesterday I was gonna go on a walk. I told my husband I'm going on a walk and I told him I was walking down to this one boulevard, which is four miles away. And he's like, you'll never make it. And it's gonna rain. And I just driven down the road and there was no clouds in the sky. The old me would have been like, yeah, you're right. I'll just sit here and watch another four hours of Netflix. But this time, but yesterday I said, you know what? I'm taking my phone and here's your phone. I went and got it, put it next to him. And I said, if I need you, I'll call. And I walked eight miles yesterday and he came looking for me. He couldn't find me. I don't know why, but I was there and I got home and he goes, well, how far did you go? I said, I went all the way and back. Of course I did because I have to prove it to myself and to you that it can be done, you know? And I found like, I just like, I take each day and each moment as it comes. And like, I tell my sponsees, I don't expect you to be perfect. It's progress, not perfection. Tell me how many days, that you could, you know, if you decide you want to send your food to me, use it as a tool, how many days are you committed to doing it? I mean, really committed that you'll actually do it. Give me a number that you're going to do it because I don't want you to create doubt and distrust and dishonesty when you only, when you say you're going to do it six days, when you really right now, you can only even get your mind around doing it for one day. So I kind of that that's kind of one of the things that I've just learned is like, I've got to look at things like what can I achieve today and be proud of that little achievement and set my goals lower. And if I hit it, I'll be proud when I get over that goal. (laughs) And, you know, and then I find I succeeded and I have many more feelings of success by doing that instead of setting something so high and unattainable that I can't do it more than a few days. And then I'm like, oh, I failed again. Um, I also, um, another gift, I don't get on the scale 15 times a day before I go to work. It used to be like, if I woke up in the middle of the night, I go get on the scale after I took a shower, before I took the shower, after I went to the bathroom, all of that made the determination of how my day is going to go. You know, if I did, I eat my food perfectly today. I don't care if I had a bad moment, I get right back on it. I don't have to wait till Monday or January 1st to do it because I'm worth it to start it today. And I'm, and if I've had a bad hour, I've had 23 other excellent hours during the day. I had to start looking at the things that I was actually achieving and, uh, you know, and able to do and reframe it, not as like in the perfectionist mode. And I That's think 20 minutes Celeste. And I think spiritually, one of the biggest gifts, you know, I came to the program just totally bankrupt. Um, I was um, unhappy. I was miserable. How did I create this life? I, I created this situation again. I, I, I was really like addicted to getting out of messes. <laughs> you know, I was always creating a mess because I knew how to dig myself out of a mess and I always felt comfortable with that. So I, you know, I gain all this weight, yo-yo diet and, you know, I would gain like 60 pounds and okay, now I've got to fix that mess. And I would buckle down and I would go through all these steps and I would feel really great. I'm accomplishing it. And I, I can eat this way and I can live this way. And then there'd always be some emotional thing that would come up that would, would throw me off track, that would give me the excuse to go back to the old habits where I thought I felt safe. Um, and But I, I, I preferred to be miserable for so many years. And that was a self self-proclaimed, self-achieved situation. And so like when I came to OA, I just felt like, you know, I know there's a God out there. I was raised that there's a God out there, but you know, I've been such a disappointment to myself. I've been such a disappointment to my family. Um, why would a perfect God be happy with where I am now, and why would he even be interested in my food? you know and I had so much shame and guilt, and you know, I just felt I was so unworthy, although other people outside of my family were telling me I was very worthy, but I didn't want to hear it because I'd already had my own record recorded. And so, um, I started, you know, as I started working the steps two and three, I, and I was like, well, you know, I don't feel anything. I feel totally dead, but it seems like these other people that have had success seem to have some perception of God, or if they don't believe in God, they've got something that they've put in its place to guide them. And I'm good at faking it. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. <laughs> I'm going to smile and grin and bear and think I believe it. And and that's how I started. And I'm glad that I started that way, because I see so many in program that get stuck on the God part and never get past two and three and just remain where they are. And so as I started working the program and I did my fourth and fifth step and I looked at things then from a different perspective, and then I saw, you know, where there were times when I thought that there wasn't a God in these situations, I actually could see that, yeah, I think maybe there was God there because things could have gone even much worse than that. There were times I could have actually died and I didn't, you know, there were times that I had put myself in really bad situations, but I survived them, you know, and so I started to see that there was God. And then I started to see it in more smaller and other things as I went through, you know, and my program in my life. And now I have to say that my connection with God has been totally reborn. I mean, I just, I, I pray, I, I meditate and listen. I am thankful for all the people and the sponsors that he's put in my path um, to help me be successful. And that I've had the willingness to listen to them. I didn't listen to everything they said, that's for sure. And I don't expect my sponsees to listen to everything I say either. I really feel like when I have, like when I'm sponsoring my sponsees, that each person has to find their their path. Um, We can share what we've learned and it's worked for us, but everyone's different. And if my one sponsor is totally no sugar, no flour, and that's her path, I know that's not my path. And just because it's hers doesn't have to be mine. What I've found my path has to be. What are the habits and daily routines that I can live with every single day? Because this road to recovery doesn't have an end. If I'm thinking it's a diet, when I hit the end of this diet or I hit the end of the steps or whatever, I'm gonna be cured. I'm never gonna be cured. I'm gonna be in remission. But if I work the steps and use the tools and look to my higher power, I will receive the gift of abstinence and maybe not perfect abstinence every single day but I'll have more hours and minutes of it which will then build to days. My first year I I took a 30-day chip 10 times and that's usually if I didn't if I the, I would have taken the 30-day chip then, then I would binge a day and then I would get back on track. My old thing I'm old way of I would have disappeared after failing after the first 30 day chip. This time, this was a gift. God kept me in the rooms and I went back up and I got my, my second 30 day chip and I did it again, but I kept coming back. And you know what? I still had that year, like over 340 days of abstinence. And I celebrated it because that was a gift of progress. And that was a gift to show myself to break down my pride and to realize that people are gonna still love me if I fumble and I stumble, you know, because that's what OA is about. And if there are some people in the room that give me the nose up about something I say or do, I don't care anymore because I'm worthy to have my own opinion. And those are like the, the hugest gifts, you know, that I'm now, I fi- I'm figuring out here in my fifties, what I like and looking for joy. And I'm like, you know, I'm 59 years old. I got 30 good years left and I'm going to make sure that I create the best 30 years that You're muted, Celeste. Celeste, you're muted. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to live, I'm not going to live in the past. I'm not going to live in the future. I'm going to live in the moment. And I'm going to create the life that I want without fear. And as I've worked the program, I've seen that I can have physical recovery, and now I'm excited to see what more I can have. I've seen that I've had emotional recovery, and I'm I'm so excited to see what more is going to come up. I mean, every single day, something new pops into my head that I discover about myself. My most recent gift was that I, I realized that Yes, I there are certain foods I'll go to when I want to go on a relapse, when I want to give myself a permission for relapse, which I don't anymore. But I don't feel I'm upset, I, I'm addicted to the food or the flavor. I'm more addicted to the activity. I that compulsive overeatingness is actually procrastination. It's giving me time to not deal with the problems at hand. I can stretch this out for a whole Couple hours, or maybe if I want to binge and stretch it out, it can be days and days. But that's keeping me from solving my problem. And that's I understood two minutes left, okay, I understood that as a kid that you know if you get drunk and you're an alcoholic, that you're only like um, covering up your problems. You're doing that because you're trying to hide from your problems, and they're going. But when you get wake up from your hangover, they're going to be even worse now. I never could put that into my eating. But now I see that, that I spent all this time eating to avoid all of the problems in my life that I didn't want to deal with, that I didn't know how to deal with, and that now I do have the tools and the skills through OA and therapy um, to solve all all those problems. And that's like the biggest gift that I could have ever received. So um, thank you so much for letting me speak. And I wish you all a happy holiday.